lover of all things lit, professional reviewer, recommender, book blogger. I am your host, Lloyd Russell, aka The Book Sage, and you're listening to Lit with Lloyd, courtesy of KCAT Radio. Hi, uh, welcome to Lit with Lloyd. I am Lloyd Russell, your host, uh, and um, I want to thank KCAT for uh, putting our show on the air. Uh, and today, uh, I'm very happy uh, to have as uh, my guest, Davina Morgan Witz, who is the publisher of the online magazine, Book Browse. Welcome and thanks for coming. Thank, thank you, Lloyd. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. Uh, I'm not going to ask you what part of the East Coast you're from, uh, because I believe it might be further east. <laughs> it's a little bit further across the pond, yes. Just a, just a smidgen further. <laughs> How long have you been in the United States and why? Almost 30 years, uh, which has been embarrassing considering my accent sounds like I, I, you know, I, I can still go places and say, would you tell me how to get there? And they assume I'm a tourist, which is actually marvellous. 30 years came over because of Hewlett Packard. My husband worked there and it was just one of those transfers. We waved goodbye to the grandparents. I was six months pregnant at the time, saying, uh. saying we'd be back in three years. And 30 years later, here we are. Wow. So, yeah. Oh, that's it's, cool. It's a difficult place to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get to your, uh, your magazine. How did it get started? Well, I was sitting at home with small children, I suppose back in about 1998, and I couldn't go to the library, I couldn't go to the bookstore because my daughter was a runner. Yeah, if I let go of her hand, I had her on one of those leashes, you know, for children. <laughs> and people here just did not like that at all. So that was the only way I could keep her safe. But so. I couldn't go out, so I thought, well, there's this internet thingy. Husband, get me an AOL connection. <laughs> so I, you know, got on my AOL. And I went to Amazon, which at the time was just a plain vanilla jacket. So that's all you could see, really, the words of the jackets. And I bought a couple of books. And when they arrived, they were rubbish. And I realized hmm. that it was because I hadn't been able to read a few pages. If I'd been in a bookstore, I would have opened the book, I would have turned the pages, and I'd have said yes or no to the book. But at the time, nobody was doing excerpts online. So I went to the publishers and I said, well, I want to start this website called Book Browse, and it's called Book Browse because we're going to browse books, and we're going to have excerpts. And they said, great, how much are you going to pay us? Because at the time, they were used to selling the excerpts for, for you know, the subrights to. Uh -huh. And I said, well, nothing, because it's like going into a bookstore and finding every book sealed shut with a label on it saying, just buy me because I say so, you know. And so that's how we got started. And we were literally the first people to put excerpts online back in 1998. Wow. And then, you know, it progressed from there into reviews beyond the book articles and you know, a full-blown website where the magazine is actually really just one part of it um, because all the things you can do with a website, you can take the content from the magazines which we and basically database them into, you know, we can do read-alikes between the books, we can categorize the books by time period, setting and theme, and so lots and lots of stuff going on. Wow. Okay, I want to get into the, the details of the, um, uh, of the magazine a little bit. Um, did you, did it take... Did it take a while to to get it ready to go? I mean, how long from the concept to the actual uh, first edition? 
Well, this was 1998, 1997 actually probably, and um, it was all hand-coded. I mean, part of the reason for me, I never envisaged it as a bit business. I never imagined I'd make a business. If I had, I probably would have never started it because I'd said, oh, I can't do that. So I was just hand-coding pages um, and putting them up. And it just sort of grew from there. But they reached a point around, 19, around 2006 where we had to make the decision. I say we, my husband and I, kind of either we were going to fold it as a business because it wasn't making any money. Uh-huh. It, was, it was taking all my time, but it just wasn't making anything. Uh, or actually kind of build it into something that could be a functional website and a business and have some income coming in. So... Anything from one week to eight years, I'd say. Wow. <laughs> Depending on how you qualify. <laughs> but back in 1998, you know, I had no search engine listings. There weren't really search engines. Well, there was. There was Yahoo. And so I thought, well, look, there's this Yahoo thing. Okay, well, I'm not listed on it. So I picked up the phone and I called Yahoo and I said, I'd like to be listed. And by the end of the day, I was there. Oh, my gosh. Top of the book section. Because book browse, it's high, you know, it's the bees. And that's, that's, how, that's how easy the entry was at that time, compared with now, where you just need so much money to get any traction. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, how do you make money? <laughs> well, we have three different income streams. Okay. Um, we have advertising revenue, which is kind of feast or famine. I'm so glad we're not reliant on that. And then we have our memberships. We have individual memberships so that people can subscribe, you know, and get full access to all our content. There's a lot available for free, but if they want full access and they understand what we're doing and they like what we're doing, they can support us by being a member. And we also have libraries subscribing. For example, Santa Clara County Library subscribes so that all patrons can access for free. Wow. And so that's our revenue streams. Wow. Um so the, the the libraries, like they put in a budget that they're going to pay you a certain amount of money to give free access to their to their readers, yep. to their uh, yep. patrons. Yeah, and we don't take it for granted because, you know, library budgets are, there's right. always more resources that they need. But, um, you know, a good number of libraries across the country see value in what we do uh, in terms of making it available to their patrons and also using it themselves for readers' advisory, you know, um, which is I, when we first started the individual memberships, um, I hadn't even thought about libraries. And then a few libraries contacted us in the first few weeks of, after we started the memberships and said, can we have your reader's advisory product? And I said, what's reader's advisory? <laughs> they said, recommending books. I said, oh, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> but, of course, providing a service for libraries is a lot more complex because you've got to have all the logins and all the sort of stuff that goes in to make the back end work. So it was a lot of technical stuff. But, you know, here we are now. So when you started, you basically were doing all of it yourself. Yes, yes. Is that still the case, or no, have you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear that <laughs> uh, because it sounds like there's a, there's a lot of work that has to be done to stay on top of this. There is a lot of work, and you know, every now and then I'll have someone say, "I wish I had your job reading books all day," <laughs> but you know. For, Thankfully, I don't review the books. I used to review the books, and I frankly, I was a lousy reviewer. I'm much happier being the editor-in-chief as such. I have editorial staff. I have, we have paid reviewers who write the reviews. We have editorial staff who edit the reviews. And then I just get to swoop in and read the reviews and the articles before they publish and swoop in and pick up the little bits and pieces um, and you know, before it publishes. 
it sounds like it's a pretty full-time job. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes, it is absolutely full-time. But it's a job that I can do from anywhere. So that has had benefits. I mean, the hours are long, but they're my hours. Yeah, yeah. And so that does make life a lot easier. So you don't have an office anywhere? You know, I've never had an office other than a home office. Right. And that used to be something that used to bother me a little bit. I mean, I absolutely was never disingenuous. I never implied I ever had an office. I just didn't overtly go out and say I work from home. But of course, that all changed with the pandemic. And now it's just lovely because everyone works from home now. And uh, so, yes, I mean, that again kept the cost down, just being able to work from because I had small children as well. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't want to be. It, sometimes I was tempted because the idea of being able to say to your kids, oh, I'm so sorry I'm working late because they told me to. But when you're working for yourself, there's no cover. You know, yeah. if you're working late, it's because you're working late. How many, um, how many emails do you send out a week? Because uh, I'm, I'm a member. I am not a paid member, I have to admit. That's all right. Um, but I feel like there are maybe two different emails I get a week. It's, I get one on Monday, and then I get one a day or two later. Am, is, am I remembering this correctly or not? You actually get one on Sunday. We moved to Sunday ah, about a year right. ago because we found that the people just had more time. And that's for publishing this week newsletter, which goes out on the Sunday. And a lot of people do read it on Monday because it's been in their in-tray on Monday morning. Um, that goes out on Sunday, and that's like a top line, that's the word, of um, what we believe are the best and no most notable books publishing that week. So any, you know, depending on the season, it could be anything from half a dozen to 30. And then on Thursday, there's another free newsletter, which is Book Browse Highlights, and which is highlights from our membership magazine content. And then the membership magazine goes out twice a month, and then there's two other newsletters. There's one for librarians, librarian news, and then there's a book club news. So yeah, there's quite a lot of newsletters. <laughs> when you started, you focused on excerpts. Yes. How did you pick the books that you put excerpts in, and how many did you typically do in a, in a week's time? I honestly can't remember how many, but I chose the excerpts really because they were the bestsellers. Or it was sometimes what I could get. Uh, but we quickly moved away from just chasing the bestseller list. In fact, I actually don't read the bestseller list. I, uh, many of the books we feature will be on the bestseller lists, but it's not because they were chosen. I mean, we're, we're selecting books. We're starting the process of selecting books six months ahead. I mean, the winter catalogues are just coming out now. So we're going through those catalogues and picking the books that look like they're going to be of interest now. We're then closer to the time cross-referencing with the early pre-pub reviews or the overseas reviews if it's been published out, you know, outside America to come down to a short list, which we're kind of reaching objectively based on the data. And only then are we sending that list to our reviewers, one or two people at a time, so that they've got time to look through the list and decide which book they want to review. Okay. And then we are, you know, that's six to eight weeks ahead of publication. And so any chasing the bestseller list we'd, we'd just be three months behind all the time so I have no interest in looking yeah, at it yeah, yeah. because it's, it's there it's doing its thing but it's not for us um, I, I have noticed and this is not for the first time since we started to talk but I've noticed that in most cases the books that are featured are by authors that I have not heard of for the most part not in every case 
So, I mean, you obviously don't go via the best seller list, which is, I think, the best thing you could possibly do because some of my favorite books of all time are by authors that still are not nationally recognized. Um, so I think, I, I mean, just the process of picking a list of books every week. I mean, are you, are you, do you get, are you in contact with the publishers, with publicists? I mean, how are you getting all these, these, uh, these pre, uh, the pre lists? <laughs> well, that's the thing. It, at the point where we're adding them with, shortlisting them for the for the preview the publishing this week newsletter we're not reading those books or rather we may have read some of them but we're not reading all of them they're being picked because they're the ones that as i said objectively speaking looking at the quanti the quantitative data of of, a, of the reviews they are the ones which are getting the really good pre-pub buzz and we are shortlisting down from those only the ones that are suitable for our audience of course because you know our, our audience are people who read to, to expand their horizons. Uh, we, we feature books that entertain and engage. That's a given. You, it doesn't matter how worthy the book is, if it's unreadable. You know. But also enlightens. When you finish it, you know something new about the world you didn't. And so there's certain genres that we tend to follow more, such as historical fiction, and others which we dip into occasionally. But so... But the publicists are constantly pushing information out, and we're constantly working with the publicists and the marketing departments. But as I said, there's like the publishing this week newsletters where these are these are the high, what's the word? You know, sort of high high view. High, yeah, high visibility. Whatever, whatever the word is, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the view from the sky of a lot of books. And then when we decide to feature a book, which of course we've done long before publication because it's going to take six to eight weeks to review and edit and get the book in, those are the books which we really believe are the best and the best. And we will only feature and write our own review of a book and write our own Beyond the Book article for books where uh, we really believe they're best in class and our reviewer can give it a, a really hand-on-heart four-plus star review because there's too many books in the world to you can't even read about them there's no point listing yeah. every book under the sun you know we the whole point is we're a curated resource or we believe to be the best and most interesting books fitting a particular profile of reader and does every um does every book that that you actually put on the list has that been reviewed by one of your reviewers the books that we feature, yeah. yes, absolutely, absolutely, and approved, yes. obviously, absolutely, wow. and it's gone through a very thorough editing process to get that review and that article proofread. Because one of the things that nobody else does—I mean, so for me, books are not an end destination in themselves; they're a jumping-off point to new avenues. And so, one of the things that used to frustrate me about reading books, what still does actually, is it doesn't—it frustrates me less now because I've got the internet was having un unanswered questions at the end of a book and or f wishing I'd known more about a topic before I'd read the book. I'd had more background knowledge for the book. And so every time we review a book, we also do a Beyond the Book article, which explores a cultural, historical aspect of the book. The sort of thing that somebody who's not read the book might say to themselves, hmm, that's really interesting. That's made the book more interesting to me. Or if you've read the book, you can think to yourself, gosh, you know, that's 
explain something I wasn't clear on. Or many of our readers just read those because they're just really good reading in their own right. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back. Uh, Be right back, guys. Thank you to the city of Monteserino for their continued support of KCAT Public Media. The city of Monteserino has enabled KCAT to inspire, educate, entertain, and inform our community through the magic of television and digital media for over 38 years. Thank you. And we are back with Davina Morgan-Witz. Uh, talking about uh, her online magazine, uh, Book Browse. Okay, so we just ended that section talking about um, um, featuring or targeting books for your readers. In terms of uh, of exposure, (laughs) um, there are so many readers of genres that don't match the description of what you are promoting and that's that's okay i mean obviously you are looking for a specific type of reader yes you can't be all things to all people i'm not all things to all people certainly my website isn't yeah so uh, it that that way lies madness you know to try and do it all okay we, we're very focused on a particular audience which is basically the book club book club members and people who read to expand their horizons. Okay. Um, All right. You've brought up uh, the book club. And I know that our book club uh, was one of the many that had a chance to, you know, to be featured in your in your magazine. Tell us how you got involved in the book clubs. I mean, you obviously are so much more than book clubs, but this is a fairly big component. And I see something in most issues regarding book clubs. So tell us about the whole book club um, industry, if you will. Well, we've been reaching book clubs ever since we began because that's the audience. But I suppose Book Browse as a site grew up really at the same time as Oprah and you know the Oprah book club as such Mm, uh and what was fascinating is I first started researching book clubs I think the first time was maybe back 2003 and without changing the profile of what we offered as a website I think the percentage of book clubbers went up from maybe 25% to 55% plus over those Oprah years as just people were piling in wow. to this concept of a book club and so yes they are I mean I think they're just book clubs I just think they I, I, I just it gives me such happiness to think that whatever is happening in the world what is happening in this country every week there are groups of people getting together for the purpose of reading together listening to each other learning from each other and learning from the books and that I just think is marvelous and we've now got 15 years or so of research into book clubs under our belt. We, I think probably more than any other. I mean, my background is partially in research. I suppose that's just where I find my comfort blanket sometimes. But uh-huh. It, uh-huh. Uh, they are just marvelous, marvelous things. I just, you know, they come in every shape and size. 
but the fact is they are on the whole focused on reading books and learning from the books and I just think that's fantastic. Do you get uh, notifications from book clubs that they're that they've picked one of the books that you have recommended? Does that happen? Well, we have over half a million visitors a month, so I actually more than that actually. But um, so yes, I mean, oftentimes somebody will write to me and say, you know, we we just read your book, and and so you, you know, a book we found on your website, and it's always gratifying. It's always, I mean. Anyone who thinks it's not worth writing to a business or a website or anything to say thank you, do. Because most people don't. And I'm, you know, we're sitting in our own little private spaces on our computers, tappity-tappity way. And when something arrives saying thank you for that recommendation, it really means something. So, um, yes, people do write. Do you interview authors at any time? On the whole, not. We do have a lot of author interviews, but they're mainly ones that have been provided to us from other sources. Uh -huh. uh, it's just, we do sometimes, but m not that often. It's just one more thing. We just, we just don't have the bandwidth to do it. But we've got over a thousand author interviews on the website. They're just not necessarily, only probably 10% of those are ones that we've actually done ourselves. Do you get... Uh do you get emails from authors saying thank you for, you know, featuring my book? Does anything like that happen? It does. It does. <laughs> and from publicists, I assume, also? We're, we're very um, conscientious to always send the reviews to the publicists because that's their bread and butter. They need to know that, you know, that's, especially the independent publishers, publicists, they need to know that their work is making a difference you know that, yeah. that, that, that so yes we, we absolutely we're, we're in constant communication with, with with them but one thing that I you know very early on I you know we have advertising and we have editorial and there is that Chinese curtain or whatever you call it I'm not sure if that's the word these days but between the two and we have never and we will never accept money to have someone at our end have to write a review that is favourable because money's changed hands. So I do keep the publicists, the publishers slightly at arm's length uh -huh. because it's it's difficult, and all, particularly the authors, to be honest, because it's very difficult saying no to people you know. And so constant communication, but kind of very much at a professional level because just at no point in that do I want to feel that I've tipped over into having to say to one of our, our reviewers this is a special agreement and you yep, need to write yep, something yep. that you don't believe in because oh, I, you know I totally understand that <laughs> uh, and so and every book you you put on there is a book that that book browse is recommending every featured book we do every in, featured in book, the publishing yeah. this week newsletter you'll see ones that are just what we what what objectively we've looked we've read all the reviews and we've focused down you know every we have this long spreadsheet, which we start six months ahead. We're adding to that all the time as the pre-pub reviews come in. We're filtering through the books that we feel are worthwhile even taking a close look at. So every month we end up with maybe 70 to 100 books. And those are the ones which will go into the Publishing This Week newsletter. And from those, we have shortlisted a couple of months before publication the ones that we want to focus on and actually feature 
And so, yes, absolutely. Every book that we feature and goes out as um, an editor's choice recommendation or this, top, this week's top picks recommendation are ones that we stand behind. And every time you go to a reader like, you know, if you've read one book, if you've read a book and you want to find another similar book, you can use Book Browse to find books that are similar based on not just the, not just the, the setting and the time period, because just because you've read about one book about coal mining in Pennsylvania, it doesn't mean you want to read more books about that. So we make these reader likes by the writing style, the context of the book, you know, lots of different factors. And every time you go from one book to another book on Book Browse, which is recommended as a reader like, that will be a book which we have done our review. We've done our Beyond the Book article. We have usually an excerpt. We'll oftentimes have a reading guide, sometimes an interview. So you get the whole package. You get everything you need to decide if it's right for you. Wow. And obviously we can't do that for every book under the sun because, you know, first of all, nobody has time to read all of those. And and we, you know, we it would it would we'd collapse trying to do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, editorial comment. I'm kind of in awe of this whole thing. <laughs> I mean, I think it is it is it's it's so well managed and run and detailed um, that I didn't really notice that by going through it when you send it out each week that you know the various announcements so I'm just saying I think it's it's a fantastic thing Thank that you. you guys are doing so having said that of the 70 to 100 books that are listed does anybody does a reader does anybody say you know this is garbage well, oh yes and, oh, yes. and is it do you have a list of those that you don't want your readers to read? I mean, <laughs> how do you list the, the bad ones? <laughs> so if a book goes to one of our reviewers, if it's shortlisted uh, and goes to one of our reviewers to be reviewed, if they cannot, hand on heart, give it at least a four-plus star rating, then we don't feature it. But I do ask for reviewers um, to write a short couple of sentences just so that when that book is in our listings we have our opinion out there but we are so selective about which books to shortlist for review in the first place but that's maybe one in ten one in eight books that happens to but you know those are books where there's always multiple well not always but there's at least one starred review from a pre-pub magazine probably um, and so it's important that even though we're not going to feature it if we have an opinion on it we will have that opinion in with those other reviews because you know sometimes we'll have a book where we've got two or three starred ratings on it from the pre-pub magazines like Publishers Weekly and Kirkus and Booklist and so uh -huh. forth but we're taking a contrarian position and p people may not agree with our position but it's important that people know that that was our position wow. but we don't feature it it's just in there as a little sort of sidebar sort of snippet. yeah yeah um, okay um, I want to get back a moment to the to the the ones that you pick and and how you pick them. Right. Uh, and I understand that. Are there are there kind of classical genres that don't normally measure up to the standards that you've set to pick, but that you'll find one once in a while? For example, what comes to mind is romance because 
you know, that's 50% or last I heard about 50% of all books. Uh, will you end up with a romance once in a while that you'll put out there? No. <laughs> so first of all, well, one, one quick sidetrack. Uh, we don't sell books. Never have, never want to, never will. Because again, when I set Book Browse up, I thought to myself, if we sell books, we will be constantly mentally thinking if this book's going to sell. And if we were selling books, we'd probably be doing more James Pattersons than unknown authors, because you know nobody needs to know about the latest James Patterson. His, you know, they'll find about it from other places. So I got distracted. What was your question again? Um, what was the question? What was the question? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure. Now I don't remember what it was. It was romance, romance. That was it. Oh, yeah. Romance, yeah. yes. So um, when we ask our readers, when we research our readers, which we do frequently because everything is, everything is researched, um, they tell us they don't read, they tell us they read literary fiction, historical fiction, mysteries, thrillers, um, biographies, because we also do non-fiction. It's not all just fiction. We, you know, and, but they, then there's, very relatively few people say they read romance or read sci-fi sci or fantasy but that's their interpretation of the genres I, I'm absolutely sure that the great majority of people who say they don't read romance read The Time Traveller's Wife which is also um, fantasy so it's how people identify so absolutely, we we absolutely we cover science fiction. We cover every genre. There's just more books in some genres that are suitable for us than others. Yeah, and that's you know it's again for book clubs. Most book clubs read literary fiction yep. most of the time. It, it's such a that's such a actually that's so untrue. But let's go with it for now. <laughs> uh, but almost all will dip into other genres. Almost all will read nonfiction some of the time. Almost all will pick up a mystery or a thriller at sometimes. There's just there's many thrillers which make great reading. You stay up till two o'clock in the morning finding out he killed her. But what's to discuss? Uh -huh. What's to take out from the book? Yeah. Now, if he, he killed her in 15th century Thailand, which of course wasn't Thailand at the time, but uh, that's a different matter. That's a book that we could get behind if it's well written, if it's historically accurate, if it's, you know, again, there's, there's historical fiction and there's historical fiction. There's the bodice-ripping romance, which is set in the Georgian period or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And the, the backdrop is pure backdrop. There's no effort to be historically accurate. That is not for us. But historically accurate fiction, uh, then that is absolutely our thing, because you can, you can come away knowing something new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Historical fiction is such a great genre, I oh, think, yeah. for just about anybody. Mm -hmm. um, interesting in that, in our book club, which is now uh, about eight and a half years old, uh, we have done about, we've read a, somewhere between 35 and 40 genres. And of, I mean, of, of all exactly. possible, yep. all possible, you know, I mean, we've read, we've read middle grade books, we've read mm -hmm. young adult, young adult fantasy, of course, romance, but we've also done a lot of historical fiction, mm -hmm. and we've done memoir. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I when I ask the members if they want to just focus on several genres, they always say no. no, no. So it seems to me, and and the reason I'm I, I know I feel like I'm I, I don't mean to beat this into the ground, but 
for me, it's about the emotional connection that's made with the with the characters of the book more so than the genre. That doesn't mean, though, that I'm coming away with 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 the goal of what your books are coming away with. Uh, so I understand what you're saying. I mean, you're targeting a specific audience and it sounds like you have a large audience. Uh, and, and does it continue to grow, by the way? Yes, it is. It is continuing to Fantastic. grow. Fantastic. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, not every not every book that we cover is uh, perfectly fits into, you know, you come away knowing something marvelous about the world. Sometimes they're just feel good books. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? I mean, who can who can not read uh, Major Pettigrew's Last Stand? Who who can not enjoy a man called Uva? You know, they're 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 actually you, you do come away you come Absolutely. away you, you come away emotionally yep fulfilled yep. and so you know we cover those sorts of books as well yeah that's great uh one last thing is you mentioned that you do nonfiction as well mm. is that a fairly small percentage it's about a third about a third mm. and and do you do books that are kind of based on spirituality no so you're doing basically you're doing basically Fiction, for the most part, other than you got some nonfiction as well. We're doing bi- we're doing about a third nonfiction biography, history, current events, but we do stay clear of partisan books. Uh-huh. Uh, so that means that we spirituality, spirituality, <laughs> um, yes, religion, not so much. Uh huh. Because if we did one Christian book, well, when are we doing the Buddhist book? When are we doing the Hindu book? When are we yep. covering the whoever else books um and the same for politics you know it's just <laughs> it's just not our area okay there's, ma- there's many other places yeah well i feel like i've 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 got in my head i think feel like i've got about maybe 20 to 30 percent understanding <laughs> of all the things you do there's there's so much you do we couldn't even we couldn't even really get into all the different elements of of the of the magazine but what you do is amazing. Thank you. There's no question about that. And, uh, and I, I thank you for coming on. Um, I also want to thank uh, KCAT for sponsoring us. Uh, and we're closing the book on today's podcast. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. You just heard Lit with Lloyd here on KCAT Radio. Explore all our KCAT original programming at kcat.org slash radio.